Welcome to Malcolm Reed's How to Barbecue Right, a podcast where we talk about barbecue, share recipes, and discuss all things delicious. And now, here's your host, Malcolm and Rochelle Reed. Hey, welcome back to the How to Barbecue Right podcast. I'm your host, Malcolm Reed, and joined by my lovely, talented wife, Miss Southern Shell, sitting beside me today. Shell, what's up with the podcast situation? Well, we're in the process of redoing the podcast room. Yeah, normally you sit right across from me, so I had something to look at. Now I'm just staring at a camera. It's kind of odd. <laughs> I don't like it either. <laughs> it's like the old way we used to do the podcast. We were both on the same side of the table back in season one, too. Well, this is only for one week. Well, we're going to do some updates, get some new equipment, hopefully improve quality. Yeah. So. Always trying to make it better. Yeah, always trying to make it better. If I'm not innovating, I'm not doing my job. Yeah, Tyler's <laughs> here with us. Tyler, you're the one doing all this for us. So. This is my fault, so you can blame Tyler this week. <laughs> And none of us have done this before. so. <laughs> but if you're just listening, it doesn't matter. It don't. It looks good, though. Cameras. I like the new camera. What are these new Canons? Canon Vixia 70H or something like that. I could see these in a deer stand, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> that's what. That's kind of like what's uh, spawned all this is y'all already had one that you take down a deer camera. Yeah, but it's an old model. It's, <laughs> it's like a 50. A, yeah. Um, and it's then, a newer. So we were looking up like good podcast cameras, and this one kind of popped up. So I kind of did a little bit of experiment with the other one, and I thought it looked pretty good. So hopefully y'all like it. So um, real quick, before we get started, I wanted to talk about our Feed a Family campaign with the Palmer Home. That's right. You can get all details at how to barbecue, right? Forward slash Palmer, P-A-L-M-E-R. Go and find out how you can win a patio uh, an outlaw patio smoker. But more importantly, how to cook on that outlaw patio smoker. Uh, uh, how to cook pit lesson from yeah. Malcolm in the Curry. I wonder what we're going to cook. Ribs, pork butt, chicken, combination of all of it. Does the winner get to choose? No, we'll have it all ready. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Uh. And second and third place. Also, we have some uh, prize packs for second and third place. So. Go to howtobarbecuewrite.com forward slash Palmer, P-A-L-M-E-R for more details. Heck yeah. That's what and I mean. that money goes to feed uh, a family at Palmer Home, hopefully for the year. That's right. I forget how much it takes, but it's a good bit. 20 grand to feed a family. 20 grand is what it takes for the... If, yeah. Is that with inflation? <laughs> that's what I'm wondering, yeah. <laughs> it's a family it of eight. more now. Yeah. yeah. It's like 28 now. So um, we went to Collinsville, Illinois last week. We weekend. did. We did. That was a, a fun event. It's always – Collinsville is a cool town. There's a lot of history there. There's a lot of, like, mob history there. Like, yeah. you know, Capone was up in Chicago, and he had some guys down there in Collinsville that ran stuff because it's so close to St. Louis. But there's all kinds of stories that the folks around town have about, you know, the old gangster type stuff. I've always thought that's cool. But it has that – Small town charm, Main Street feel, and that's what mm-hmm. this was, Smoking on Main in Collinsville. It's a contest they've been doing. I don't know how many years it's been. Do you? It's, um, Several. Yeah, several. I mean, we went for the first time, was it? Five, six years ago? Yeah, it was pre-pandemic. Yeah, yeah. But it definitely. was cool. Every time we've been up there, we've had a great time. They treat us real. Um, there's the the Code 3 uh, barbecue guys are friends that kind of started it up. They're, they're from Collinsville, so they opened up a store there. It's called Collinsville Barbecue Supply now, but it's uh, Chris and Mike, and I think Chris is pretty much running the show now on the store side. And Josh is helping. It. Yeah, and he's got he's got uh, Josh there. Shout out, late happy birthday to Josh. It was his birthday <laughs> last week, and he's working on his birthday. But they uh, they got a cool barbecue supply store where they sell. I mean, all the rubs you can think of, sauces, course, charcoal grills, just cool stuff. They sell meat there. They ship. Oh, they so, sell meat? I didn't see that. Yeah, they have coolers yeah. in the new store um, where they, you know, they, they sell, I'm guessing they're selling competition type stuff, but if you just want to pick up something for the weekend, you probably can too. They're building, in the process of building like a filming kitchen there. They do classes there. Yeah, so. Johnny Joseph and Marty Mar- Bloom were yeah. there doing a state class on Friday night, SEA ribeye class. They also did a judge's uh, SEA training that Friday before the, the contest. This was a Saturday-Sunday contest. So On Friday, they were running classes. Yeah. And on Saturday, they were doing – they did two SEA cooks, like an A and B, and a pork steak contest. The pork steak is what I was interested yeah. in. Man, I love pork steak. What do you think? What's your thoughts on pork steak? Are you pro or con? I've had some really good ones. I've had some delicious ones, and I've had some that I'm like, eh. 
<laughs> I can take it or leave it. <laughs> I yeah. love pork steak. What would you classify I mean, like a pork steak? Is that like yeah? So that's a good, what a is pork, a pork steak? It's a pork butt. They slice thick. Well, I mean, I guess you can get it sliced yeah, anyway. Sometimes at grocery there. stores, like they used to put it pork steaks. Where I first had them was like my mom buying pork chops. And they'd buy that family pack of pork chops, and there'd be some real pretty center cut ones, but then there'd be some they'd slip some pork steaks in, <laughs> which was off the butt, and it's probably cheaper for them to build that pack and charge you the same price. But we always had them like fried fried pork chops, same kind of way. Now, it wasn't until I went up to Murfreesboro, Illinois, at 17th Street Mike, with Mike Mills, um, they were doing uh, smoked or barbecued pork steaks, and it's kind of a – regional thing there yeah. to that St. Louis metro kind of area in Southern Illinois. But they season them up like barbecue rub. They slow smoke them. Oftentimes you'll see them uh, wrap them up with the barbecue sauce, butter and all that stuff, get them super soft and tender. Then they'll take them out of the, the sauce or the, the wrap thing, the wrap thing, <laughs> <laughs> the wrap and put it back on the smoker and kind of glaze it up like we do ribs or a pork butt. And you've got this fork tender, thick cut piece of pork butt that is just melting your mouth. Delicious. I, yeah. I love them. And it's got little charry bits. The best ones have little charry bits on oh, the yeah, outside, around the, around the edges. I see, I like to finish them off like char grilled style, where you finish them over coals. And that's what I saw when Mike first did it. They they did something that was totally outlaw. He like took the old hickory. He had one of the old old hickory rotisseries, the big one. You know, like yeah, we have on yeah. the trailer. And they took. The, one of the rib racks and lined it with aluminum foil and put charcoal coals in the cooker rack and then put the other rib rack on top of it and finish those pork steaks over that charcoal coals in the inside the pit like in the cooking area and so that is so i have some questions so it was lit charcoal obviously yeah. uh how far above the charcoal were, were oh, the it's, pork just steaks? A, it's just a few inches okay so you can you set your space i mean it only racks? holds three racks and so the one rack was the top position oh, which is it was about, the smaller rotisserie no i mean it's it was a big, big rotisserie yeah but you know it's a long skinny rack yes so they they spread charcoal all the way to the end whatever those are like 48 inch racks and then put the other racks on top at the top position which is only about three inches probably three or four inches and put the pork steaks up there so they were char grilling them Inside the cooking chamber of the pit. <laughs> so were they rotisserizing it? Uh, no, they didn't rotate them. They okay. just had them okay. at one fixed position. <laughs> okay. And they didn't shut the doors either because there's no telling how hot it would have got. Okay. You know, and it's de it'll definitely probably void any kind of warranty or anything <laughs> you got on your grill doing that. But I thought it was so cool. I was like, man, I know, you know, the folks at Old Hickory do not want to see somebody <laughs> yeah. doing this to one of their pits. It is not recommended. But Mike was doing it and it worked. Man, you talk about doing a lot of pork steaks char grilled style. <laughs> He had Philip up there running them. How much foil did it take? To <laughs> I mean, it's 48 inches long. It's only four foot, you know. And I'm talking about thickness, width. Just oh, one. no, just one layer probably. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I guess you just have to let it burn out. I mean, I guess you could probably take the rack off the thing and go dump it. But Yeah, I'd wait yeah. till it cooled off a little bit. Yeah. But, <laughs> but it was pretty cool. It makes some great char-grilled pork steaks. You know who has a good pork steak? Lambert's. Yeah, it's pretty like, good. Is that like the throwed rolls? Yeah, yeah I want yeah. the throwed rolls up there in Sykeston, Missouri. Hmm, I'll have to try that. You stop in there and get you a pork steak, catch you some rolls, and get you some pass arounds. You got something. <laughs> Big giant teas. They they used to have some really good chicken and dumplings. Last time I went there, I was a little disappointed, but got a bad batch. I got a bad batch of chicken <laughs> and dumplings last time we were there. Um, but on Sunday they did a St. Louis Barbecue Society cook yep yeah i like that because they have a amateur division and they have a professional division yeah they kind of have backyard i guess yeah, you call backyard it. the backyard was doing ribs and chicken i think mm -hmm. and it was all four categories for the it's, it's still kcbs rules right i don't know exactly oh, okay. i don't know the details i know that they cook all four meats yeah so was the building y'all were in the uh barbecue supplies shop that like people were taking pictures with y'all at no we were oh, at a no. place called friday south which is a it's like a pub right there on main street okay. so we malcolm went and did a, a meet and greet with sweet baby ray dave yeah. raymond so but uh 
This is the first time you've ever done a meet and greet in a bar, is it? I loved it. Yeah, <laughs> man, because everybody was buying us drinks. It was like, okay, y'all got you got you got two more beers at the bar when you're ready for them. Let us know. You got six more beers. You got it got to be so many so many drinks that there was no way we could drink them all because everybody would come in and buy a beer. We managed or a shot or it was it was a great day <laughs> up until the time the tornado came. I don't know if it's tornado, straight line winds or what. But it got pretty scary there for a little while. I mean, I, I don't know how many tents got destroyed. There was like no warning. We were sitting in there talking. All of a sudden, the guys, and they weren't expecting. Yeah, that, no, yeah. they were supposed to be no rain at all. And then they looked up, and one of the people we were sitting around talking to said, "We better get out of here. You know, it's fixing to rain." And I said, "What? It ain't supposed to rain." And we looked, and it was like the radar was red. You know, yeah. coming at us, and it was only a few minutes. And so people went to scatter, and, and then the wind picked up, and man, it blowed. There was like the side of one of these buildings got blown off into the street. And I don't know how it didn't hit some of the barbecue teams because I saw a video of it. And it was like I mean, it was right all around. Them. It looked like yeah. a bomb had went off. And it just had blowed, you know, lumber and shingles and signs and all this stuff right out in the middle, right in front of where we were. Yeah. And it was right in between. Like it was a line of trailers and then a gap, I guess. Yeah, because two streets kind of converged yeah. there. And then a line of trailers and it just happened to fall. Right, right in, in the middle. Plane, yeah. It got lucky because that could have really hurt someone. Mm -hmm. But nobody, as far as I know, nobody got hurt. There was no injuries. I mean, there's a lot of, there's some damage, just some tents. I imagine some pop-ups got destroyed. Oh, yeah. yeah. There was, I don't know how many I saw twisted on the way out. Mm -hmm. And we were going to stay for the awards, but they had to keep bumping it and it was still raining. So we were like, we probably ought to get to our reservation. Well, I'd made a reservation. It's supposedly one of the best steakhouses around there. It like gets... You know, national recognition. Was it called Porter's? Porter's. Porter's, yeah. Um, and they ended up canceling on us. Got back, got cleaned up real quick, went over there, and they said, we tried to call y'all, but we're closed. So we went to Plan B. <laughs> Good old Colton's. <laughs> There's a Colton's right next to our hotel. We didn't. We just parked at the hotel and walked over there. And you that know what? Pretty I'm good. It was not bad. I There's got a something about... Going into a place, first it's one of those peanuts on the floor type establishments, yeah, which yeah, I yeah. love. They have a huge bar. We sat at the bar. So you've got cocktails right at your disposal. They'll bring you out. They're rolls and butter. Dang good. I mean, they're not Lambert's rolls, but they're good. And then I, I went, went with the old faithful, the ribeye. What style was it? Del Rio style? Yes, it was good. It was a seasoned up. It was like a southwestern type yeah. seasoning on a ribeye, and they topped it with like a a southwestern butter. And I always order rare at those places. Because yeah. if I can order rare there, they're, they're, I usually get it about medium. medium. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it was perfect. I mean, yeah. they nailed it. So I got a, uh, you know, the thickest or the biggest quality steak. No. I don't mind that sometimes. It's what you expect for like a $24 ribeye dinner. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not a $50 ribeye, but all the sides came with good. it. Yeah. came with two sides. You weren't a la carte there. I had a wedge salad that was really good, and she recommended doing ranch dressing and blue cheese crumbles on it, and that I will do that from now on. Ranch with crumbles? Ranch with blue cheese crumbles instead of blue cheese and blue cheese crumbles. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. He also tried a stag beer. <laughs> so this old man came in the bar there, and we were, I was sitting there on the end of the bar, me and Shell were talking, and this older man, you could tell he's like local – Probably water and whatever. Come on out. <laughs> <laughs> he comes stumbling in and he's talking to the bartender. I can't understand a word he's saying for one. <laughs> he's talking about eating chili 24-7, like all year long too. How do you how does you can get it? But he says he wants a stag. And so she knew what he's talking about, but she said she had to pour it in a glass for some reason. I don't know why. Well, she got it out and she poured this beer in a glass and gave it to him. And I was like, what the heck is this? Stag beer. I mean, I, I'd never heard of it. We don't have it in Mississippi that I know of. And she said, yeah, it's kind of a, Rural, uh, the people that live out in the rural areas, like they're, they're, you know, close to St. Louis. But anyway, that's what people drink up there, and they call it steak taters and gravy. <laughs> and I was like, but it's supposed to be low calorie beer. How did yeah, that? that one, that one guy said it was low sugar. Low sugar. Beer. Yeah, yeah. But they call it steak taters and gravy, or stag is the name of it. And if you've heard of stag, it's not bad. I it's tried a regional it. I had thing, to try I guess. Yeah. yeah. I didn't I think it was bad it. at all. It was, I mean, it's, I could see you thinking it was a little thicker. Yeah, it, it was drank thicker. like a Budweiser, Bud Heavy. Yeah, that's what it drank like, or a Bush. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's how it drank. Bush, yeah. Bush. <laughs> that 
That's how it drank. It was no Miller Lite now. <laughs> so um, we did go to one restaurant, and they had something called a horseshoe sandwich. What was that place called? McDeal's? McDeal's Irish Pub. Yeah. So I'd never heard of a horseshoe sandwich. You had. I'd, I think I'd seen it like on Food Network or one of these TV shows or something. It's a regional type sandwich. Yes. It is. Set it up for us. What is a horseshoe? You know, I know. I've already Googled it. A horseshoe is an open-faced sandwich originating around the Springfield, Illinois area. Okay. It's basically a thick slice toasted bread, a hamburger patty, and then you get fries on top of the patty and then cheese sauce on top of all of it. I'm not really sure where the uh, horseshoe thing came, but hamburger is the most common meat on the horseshoe, but the original meat was ham, which, Hmm. eh. Like a big thick slice of ham? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Um, but you can sub it out for any meat, um, any, you know, fries for taters, wild fries, whatever. The one I got was a buffalo chicken shoe. So it was toast, a buffaloed fried chicken breast, cover that all with some really good crispy fries, and then cover that all with cheese sauce. But it wasn't like nacho cheese sauce. No. It was like, Amer- it was like yeah, okay. American cheese sauce. So it says that, you know, cheese sauces can vary, but the one that, is used like the the common one used for uh horseshoes is the same kind of uh used for Welsh rarebit. Really? Yeah. So that's just like a basic bechamel with cheddar cheese. Yeah. Yeah. I had a, a roommate years ago. He was from the UK and he would always say stuff like, Or you wanna go to get dinner with us or something, Chris? No, I'm gonna make some Welsh rarebit. And for the longest time, I thought he was cooking rabbit. I was I like, too. where is this sound like rabbit to me. rabbit? It sounded like rabbit. <laughs> I always thought it was Welsh, Welsh rabbit. rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> but but all it is is like a piece of bread I'm with some cheese sauce yeah. on it. So like, you're just eating bread and cheese sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the rabbit? Yeah. Because the way he said it, and I'm a redneck, I don't know. I just kept thinking. I mean, yeah, I was all for eating rabbit. <laughs> but I never saw his rabbit. <laughs> It would just be a piece of white toast, and then this cheese sauce drizzled over it. <laughs> it's pretty good. We've tried, yeah. It's, it's all good. right. Yeah. I mean, there wasn't much substance there. It's, I don't know what the story behind that is. Maybe it's like a depression air food. Yeah, I think so. I think that's what it is. Like a wartime food. Yeah, like a slug burger. Doesn't really have slugs on it. But we had a great time in Collinsville. Went to a Cardinals game. They got stomped. That's always fun. Got a got a stadium dog. Nachos, stadium dog, nachos and beer. beer. Was the food good there? Was it as good as like Atlanta Braves food or? You know, they're all the same kind of. Yeah. To some extent. It's hard to mess up a ballpark hot dog. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's a standard there, but. You can get a stale bun every now and then. Yeah, but it was good. When I went to, uh, when I went to St. Louis, we went to this place called Antonio's Taverna, I believe it's called. It's in the hills or whatever, like Mm -hmm. the Italian district. And I saw that they opened up one like in the stadium, like at St. Louis, and they sell like toasted raviolis and stuff. Did y'all see that? Uh, no, no, no. 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 I didn't see that one? Yeah, the, their toasted raviolis are like awesome. Like if you're in the St. Louis area, you got to try them. They're really, really good. That's one thing we've never done is go to like the Hill area. Yeah. And eat Italian. I'm like an Italian food junkie, so <laughs> it was like our first stop when we got there. We didn't go out in St. Louis this time. We. It, we yeah, it was too quick. We got there, went to the game, went to bed, woke up the next morning. Went to Collinsville. Yeah. Um, I think now would be a good time to talk about mayo blue or talk about mayonnaise. What kind of mayonnaise? Specifically blue plate. Blue plate mayonnaise. Quality since nineteen twenty seven. Real mayonnaise. Still made the same way. <laughs> using real egg yolks, right, Tyler? Real egg yolks. So if you're going to make a if you're choosing mayonnaise this weekend, choose blue plate. <laughs> <laughs> So um, one thing that kind of I started thinking about, we went to this contest. It was so hot, high humidity, like it was kind of miserable. And then all of a sudden this storm rolls through and it was like instant change change in temperature. Wouldn't you say? Oh, man. It was all of a sudden the wind started like yeah. you would get a little It dropped cool 20 degrees. Breeze. Yeah. Instantly. Which felt great after the storm. So I wanted to ask you questions and get kind of get your feedback on cooking and rain and bad weather. And actually, this topic was suggested to me by um, somebody that came to the meet and greet. Okay. Welded horn on Instagram. So. 
So, okay. Can rain change your barbecue cook? I think the humidity does in a lot of grills. Um, you know, I've, I've noticed it where things seem to take longer to get done. They don't want to, you know, whenever you're trying to render all the, the fat and the juices out of some meat, get it done. Whenever the humidity changes outside, it does something to it where it can, you know, I've seen, I've seen uh, things take a lot longer to get through that stall. I've seen them be done. You know, normally we're thinking something might be done around 205, 210. It might be done at 200 that time because of the different barometric pressure changes. Um, I've, seen, I've seen all kinds of things. Has uh, it ever I, affected you personally at a barbecue cook? More more so like life or death situation than affecting the meat. <laughs> You're not worried about the meat. Yeah, I'm not, I mean, I'm not worried about the meat most of the time. Most of the time it's, are you going to get blowed away or is lightning going to get you? That's the biggest thing to me. When I, when I think of cooking in bad weather, I'm thinking of the contest I went through that's, you know, we've had we've had hurricane warnings where we've had to take cover and leave stuff or just hide. We've had severe thunderstorms where we've had to hold down tents in the middle of a <laughs> massive storm. I mean, there's just been, you know, we've had wind and we've had extreme temperature drops. Um, there's been, you know, we've went through a lot of stuff. I mean, most of the time the rain doesn't, like I like I like it when it rains a little bit, not storms, but when it rains a little bit, our our meat tends to really lock right in and do what I want to do with it. But it's those drastic changes and stuff that can mess you up, especially well if you're cooking on stick burners or pits that are real wind dependent or you know the conditions like when we cooked on old hickory wasn't that much of a difference because it's a really controlled environment. But if you're cooking, depends on what kind of pit you're cooking on if it's gonna you know really affect it a lot. Sometimes yeah. you might, I mean, some, sometimes, you know, if it storms, it's going to mess, knock some people out because they're just out there in the elements anyway. I, I don't mind seeing that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Level of playing field. <laughs> Typically, those people that are out in the elements aren't, you know, they've only cooked a few contests. Yeah. yeah. I shouldn't say I'd like to see that. <laughs> I know if it's storming out there and I'm in my trailer and somebody's in a tent, I got a little advantage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that bad? <laughs> I've been out there in the tent. It sucks. I would blow the blow everything blow away, and you're standing out in mud. Mark swears when it rains, he wins. Yeah, he likes it when it rains. Yeah, too. he feels like it's lucky for him. Well, there's a lot of people that like it when it rains a little bit. Yeah, you said uh, a little bit, not yeah, a lot of bit. Yeah. Um, you said uh, holding down tents. It's like there's a storm coming. Let's grab this big metal <laughs> rod. You have to sometimes. <laughs> There was a time where it was me and Justin's wife, Nicole. Everybody else, I don't know where y'all were. Or you weren't even there that uh-uh. contest. Waylon was, he runs for his life whenever there's a tornado, chance of any kind of tornado or anything. And I don't know what Justin was doing. He must have been with Waylon. We got stuck at the trailer and was trying to hold that thing down. During the storm. She weighed 98 pounds. <laughs> and I'm over there just giving it all I got on a ratchet strap to keep it from blowing off. And I was like looking at the car and you're just soaked. I'm talking about you can't get any water if you got in a, jumped in a swimming pool. And, man, it was it was miserable. But we survived. So do you want me to kind of give you my Shell's Learning Corner? Yeah, I always like Shell's Learning Corner. It's one of my favorite parts of the day. So we feel humidity because the water on your surface of your, of your skin is not able to evaporate, so you feel hotter. Um, and the same thing happens in cookers. So if the humidity levels are high... The moisture can't evaporate off the surface of the meat, so it keeps the surface meat temperature cooler. No, it keeps it hotter. Oh, really? It keeps the surface meat temperature hotter because it can't evaporate. You feel hotter. The meat feels yeah. hotter. So you don't get that evaporative cooling, what they call it. Yeah. So you're speeding up your cooking time. If the humidity level levels are low, the moisture is able to evaporate and cool the surface of the meat. Cool the surface of the meat, makes sense, which I guess. gives you an increased cook yeah, time. I can see that. Also, high humidity helps keep the meat moist and holds the temperature higher. So the low humidity allows the moisture to evaporate and pulls moisture away faster. So when there's too much humidity, um, the meat, the moisture can't evaporate. And that's kind of what you do when you wrap in foil or butcher paper is recreate a high humidity environment. Yeah, it does. It's- and it helps push you through the stall. Your moisture can't evaporate. You're creating a high moisture, high heat environment. So it in speeds there. it up. So it's speeding it up. It's pushing it through the That's stall. scientific to me, Shell. It is. <laughs> <laughs> so there's like pros and cons of each then. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. I guess you just don't want too much. You, you know, you don't want to. You want too much humidity, but. 
Humidity is pretty good for cooking, I guess. That's why I guess the water cookers. I mean, people use put put water pans or use water cookers too to to simulate the, the you know high humidity environment inside the cooker. Yeah. They the one thing I read that said if you are at a higher uh, if you are in a low humidity area, you might need to add water pans to your cookers. I don't know. You've ne- you've yeah. never been a fan of that. I, I do. It depends. Like. There's there's times even like these outlaws I've been cooking with that I've started adding a water pan down on the fire end. A lot, oh, a lot really? Of a lot of it's buffer. It's not so much for the humidity in the pit, but it's for buffer or heat sink to kind of slow that heat that's coming out of the firebox down just a little bit. So how to does kind of absorb some of it, and it, it kind of acts as like a break. If you got your meat right beside that fire pan, it'll roll over the top of it instead of just hammering it as soon as it comes out of the firebox. That's the thinking with it. Yeah. But it also, I could see it also adding some humidity to that pit, which would, you know, control that a little bit. But we also, you also, when you're when you're spritzing, you're adding a little bit of humidity to the surface of the meat too. Yeah, yeah. So you're getting that same same kind of effect. Altitude's one that really changes it too. Like we've, I, you know, I've been cooking hogs, um, you know, up, we were at like 9,500 feet and we just couldn't get them. Couldn't get them to the finished temp. We just didn't realize that it's not going to ever get there. And y'all uh, and gave so, yourself plenty of time. Yeah, oh, we, and, we cooked the hog for it was almost thirty hours one time, <laughs> trying to get it up to the. And it just never. It was done. It just wouldn't get to the final temp where we were used to getting it down close to sea level where yeah. we normally cook them. And we were like, "What well, was wrong? We couldn't figure. You know, we didn't figure it out. But it was the altitude. So altitude, you know, can can play a big part in it too. And you're cooking up. In the hills or in the mountains or somewhere, you got to think it's different. Di- yeah, air pressure um, at higher altitudes is lower, and that causes a longer cook. And um, there's less oxygen, you know. So yeah, so this means moisture. So when you're cooking, I got a little something on altitudes too. Okay, oh, okay, you're well prepared today for Shell's Learn Corner. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, when you're at a higher altitude, moisture is going to be evaporating from your meat surface at lower temperatures. So it's constantly cooling off your meat faster. So um, the lower boiling point that you get from being at a higher altitude means that you will lose moisture from your meat faster. So your meat will, uh, so to keep your meat moist, you need to lower your cooking temperature is what it recommends. Hmm. Plus there's less oxygen at higher temps. So keeping the fire going. So that was the biggest thing with us. It's hard. You had to fight to keep the fire going. Yeah. And y'all were trying to like. We were trying to feed it. It doesn't matter. You still couldn't get those temps to where you wanted them, but now it makes sense. I see the science behind it. <laughs> I just know you better give yourself plenty of time and something's going to be done at a less lower temperature than you think it is. Yeah. Than you're normally used to. I'm thinking about this from like a real world standpoint, but like, aren't there a lot of like forest fires and stuff like up in the mountains and stuff like that? So it makes me yeah. wonder if it's harder, if there's less oxygen, I wonder how that is just how it's drier. Yeah. That's in general. Okay. I don't know. You got me on that one. Yeah. <laughs> but water at sea level boils at 212. Um, 5,000 feet above sea level, it's 203. You go 10,000 feet above sea level, it's 194. So that's a big swing. Yeah. Yeah. What what, what elevation were you at when you were cooking that hog? We were 9,500 feet. So, that, I mean, that makes sense that we're, something, we're used to something being done a little over 200. It's not going to get much more than 194. You know, 195. There would be, that would be equivalent to 212 or hotter. That's that's pretty. Um, you know, that's a big change. That's a big change. That's 10 degrees. That's yeah. a huge swing. Yeah, especially in a hog. Yeah. Didn't you cook two? You cooked one in Montana and one in. Um, yeah, we cooked the one in Helena, Montana, and one was in South Dakota, the Black Hills. Yeah, the South Dakota was the one in Montana at a lower well, elevation. By the, by the time we got to that one, we knew that hey, these things cook different at this altitude, <laughs> so it's gonna you know you. Know, it wasn't that we had to add any time. It was that we knew it was going to be done more around 185, 190. We were used to, you know, 19200. Yeah. So it was, we just Y'all knew. Y'all were more prepared. More prepared for it. Yeah. yeah. You see some of that when you're cooking in Galax, too. It's like, you know, we're taking brisket up to these Wagyu's. You can take them up 210, sometimes 215. But it's hard to get one much higher than 206 up there. And it's perfect. It's still done. It's perfect where you want it. Just don't want to get that hot. So I'm not sure yeah. what the altitude is there. I never looked at that, but it's it's definitely it's up there. It's definitely in the you know pretty good hills. I mean, it's a lot cooler there in July than it <laughs> is right. here. So 
So, uh, are there any cook? Is there any cookers that you have that seem to cook better in rain or bad weather? Um, the ones that are enclosed more. Like, I mean, my old hickories, the backwoods. Uh, the ones drum, that have the drums, higher insulation. Drums seem, seem to do fine. Yeah. In in bad weather, but it's your, it's typically your stick furners, your reverse flows, things like that that aren't going to do as well in weather. Why is that? I think just because they're they're really dependent on the air getting into the fire to keep the fire burning right to draw through the pit. And when you're putting that really moist air in there, your fire has to work harder to to get yeah, it right, or yeah. it's cooler and it's got to heat it up more to get the hot air in the pit. And it's just different changes in 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 the the air going into the pit. Well, do you see a difference in cooking in winter, like in the bitter cold, and cooking in summer? Yeah, yeah, you can see a different change in the air through there because it's colder air. Colder air in the winter, you know, makes the pit work a little bit hot, harder. Does it? Will it increase your cook time, or does it just take it longer to that. get up? It's to just it might burn a little more fuel. Yeah, you know, okay. Burning more coal, the coal bed's got to be hotter to keep those temperatures up to fight that cool air coming in the pit. Yeah, and all the cool air that's hitting it yeah. from the outside, affecting it from the outside. Is it easier to cook in the winter? I mean, in the summer versus the winter. Um. As far as pit down. I was going to say, I'd rather cook in the winter just because it's cooler outside. Yeah. But uh, I don't know if it's any easier. I mean, it just seems like in the summertime when it's, you know, you're up in the upper 90s or whatever and it's hot, you don't burn near as much fuel to, to you know, keep your fire going. That's the biggest thing I've seen. It even does it with pellet grills. Like, if you cook something now, you put something low and slow on a pellet grill in this heat we're having here overnight, you're not going to use much pellets at all. Like, I mean, my dad, I talked to him the other day, and they had ran some butts overnight. And he was like, I, I didn't bet I didn't use a coffee can's worth of pellets in this grill. I can't believe it's, so, you know, burning so yeah. efficient. I was like, well, you got to think of how hot it is outside. That grill's not having to work that hard, hard to maintain those temperatures. Yeah, when it's already You're not 100. opening it changing it a lot. It's just not using much. When it's 100 degrees outside, it doesn't have to. Yeah, it doesn't work as hard. It doesn't have to. What, what grill well, were they on? They're, I think they're cooking on a Rectech, I think. Yeah. So I got some questions from the community. All right. We got some good ones this week? I think this one's a really great one. I think this has probably happened to a lot of people. So um, I pulled these ribs out of the freezer, and the cryovac seal was bad, and they aren't sealed anymore. They're still frozen right now, but are they bad, or are they okay? You won't know till you thaw them out and smell them. Um, I mean, chances are if you put them in sealed – Sometimes when you're putting frozen stuff in the uh, the freezer, as it freezes super hard or whatever, it can puncture that seal. And I mean, it's not. I don't think they're going to be like spoiled. I think they get a chance they're going to be frostbitten. Yeah, and frostbitten meat into. tastes yeah. horrible. And it's I just yeah. You you should know though when you smell it. You can usually smell it's a little frostbitten. You can also you'll know when you taste it. It just has an off off flavor. It's not. I don't think it's going to make you sick or anything. It just doesn't taste good. We cooked some ribs. This has been months ago, but we cooked some ribs. From Kroger, I bought. I mean, these are pretty good meat. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't remember where they came from. I just remember when they pulled them off the pit. We've been watching you cook these ribs all day. I was, I was excited. Hungry like, for mm. And then we took a bite, and it was. Frostbit. Yeah. And I could, and you couldn't tell. When I opened them, yeah. I couldn't tell. I mean, You didn't smell anything? No, they didn't look off to me. The package wasn't compromised. It was just one of them deals. It was, something was wrong with them. And it happens, but you did a pork belly like that too. We were cooking for some event up here. That was one I'd had in the freezer a long time, and it had, and the package had gotten compromised. I knew that when we when we opened it, we were like, ah, just see, it didn't look right, <laughs> but let's cook it and see. And then we just we didn't even we had to throw it away. Yeah, sometimes it's like that. I mean, you just you don't know till it's cooked, and then if it's bad, don't serve it. Well. Plan B. <laughs> Always have a plan B. <laughs> um, so this one, they're planning to cook their first whole hog, and they want to know how much fat you can expect to render off a pig. They have, this one's a 50-pound pig, so it's almost a... Man, I don't know a percentage. Why? I mean, it'd yeah, be it? hard to know. Yeah, how do you but figure that out? yield, like, so say we cook 150-pounders, I usually say they yield about... 75 pounds of usable meat when it's cooked. So you're saying 150 so, pounders? So half. So, so maybe you, half. you might get 20, 25 pounds. But but it changes the smaller you go. It's not the same true ratio. It just I've, it seems to be that's what it is with the 
a big pig, but when you break that down, it's a 50 pound hog is not very big. And you got to think a lot mm-hmm. of that skin and bones and it's not the fat content. I mean, you are going to lose fat content in it. It's not going to be as much meat as you think. You'd be lucky to get a shoulder's worth, you know? Yeah. 10, yeah, 12 off a pounds. 50 pound hog. Really? So I would think I would you think would be, be better like, off just cooking a shoulder for meat, year, oh, yeah. meat yield. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, a lot of people cook those small ones just to be cooking a pig for presentation. Yeah, and they do. And they'll serve butts. Yeah. That's a catering trick there. You you take a 50-pound pig and feed 250 people. (laughs) (laughs) Because you got a lot of supplemented meat there. And you have that pig sitting up there looking all shiny and pretty. It's a great centerpiece to look at, but it's not going to be the, you know. It's not going to feed it. It's not going to go the furthest, Yeah. yeah, for sure. So they have a reverse flow offset. They're wondering to know what's the best. What's the best way to deal with the fat dripping down? Um, I mean, a lot of times you can fill the plates. You can put some, like a loop, the shallow aluminum pans under it, something to catch it. Um, definitely want that grease to get off that plate. But what I found, if you don't, if you just constantly let it drip on it and drip on it and drip on it, it doesn't do nothing. You can get bad flavor because that grease gets hot on that plate. That's why I like to catch it in the, in a little pan or something like that. She even a, I've even used sheet pans. Like take a sheet pan and full it. That way you can swap it out easy. If you wanted to, you could put a little, you know, uh, maybe a touch of water in the sheet pan or something just to k- kind of keep the temp down a little bit. I wouldn't, you know, make it to where it's going to be a mess, but definitely put something in there to collect it or to get it away from your fire source because you don't want to start a grease fire, but you also want to get it out of the off the deflector plates fast as possible too. So did you see the um, Southern Living just released a... I saw this. An article. Top uh, steakhouse. Was it Legendary Steakhouses? Legendary Steakhouses the in South. the South. Yeah. The South's most legendary steakhouses. Yeah. I was surprised. I knew a few of them. We've eaten at several yeah, of them. Yeah, eaten at several of them. A couple of them were regional or local. So just number one was Folks Folly in Memphis. Now, you've been to Folks Folly. Yes. Do you think it is one of the most number one legendary steakhouse in the South? It was good. It was really good, but it didn't, like, blow me away. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was good, but I wouldn't say it's number one. Yeah. I think, I mean. Your favorite didn't make the list. No, my favorite. My, what, do you, what do you think my favorite is? Como Steakhouse? Yeah, and it's not famous because it's the best steak you'll ever eat, but it's a legendary place. Yeah, yeah. That's why I think it's good. But it's a good steak. Yeah, it's a good steak. I like. I mean, I like Como Steakhouse. I think you have to go uh, price to steak ratio a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's it's right above Colton's level. It's not caught, you know, it's not chain, but it's not. I mean, it ain't cheap. Like, you're going to still spend, what, I bet a ribeye steak's probably 40 bucks at Como, maybe. But you get your steak and taters with it. But you get your steak, tater, and salad. Yeah. 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 At Folks Folly, everything's going to be a la carte. Yeah. Have you ever been to Folks Folly, Tyler? I have not. I'm going to tell you, I like Capitol Grill better than I like. I do too. I do too. Capitol Grill is a chain, but man, it's a good chain. Never been there either. Number two is Marshall Steakhouse here in Holly Springs, Mississippi. I need to go back and give that a try. Uh, Yeah, I agree. A fair try. Have you been there? I did. And the night we went, we did not, it was like we forgot it was Father's Day or something. So it was like <laughs> packed to the brim, you know, but like our lobster tail was a little undercooked. And then I remember our steaks were a little overcooked. So it was like lobster price- tail. Look at you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Tyler, what do you do for a living? What's funny you make? da. So yeah, it was just for the price you pay for it. Like I kind of expect it to be perfect. It does have an awesome atmosphere. You know, I will say. Yeah, that. yeah. But don't they have like a big bear as soon as you walk in or something? It has a lodge like feel cabin like yeah, feel yeah. to it. I went there. We went there when they first opened. They they haven't been open that long, have they? Yeah. I mean, and there was not even kinks. ten years. Yeah. Is that the place that ran out of baked potatoes? Yeah, and tea. And, <laughs> I mean, the steak was okay. Yeah, but I I need to go back and give it a fair shot. Yeah. Anytime a restaurant first opens, you know they're going to be a little shaky. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. You got to give them a little grace with that, but. Well, let's go back. Let's, let's try go back this to weekend. Yeah. You go back to Marshall's? I'm down. Number three is Cattleman's in Oklahoma. We no. did go to Cattleman's, but it was in Fort Worth. Yeah. That's not a chain, is think, it? I don't yeah. think so. 
The only other one, I recognize two more on that list. One was Buckley's. And I don't know why why they're partial to Memphis like that, because Memphis isn't really known for its steaks. Yeah. But they had Buckley's on there, and Buckley's is like home of the cheap filet, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for real, that's all they got. Uh, I mean, they, have they do a lot of catering in Memphis. The regular yeah. buck and the big buck. It's like a one filet or two filets. That's <laughs> what we always got when we went. Have you ever had a ribeye at Buckley's? I didn't know they had a ribeye, but it's been a long time since I've been there. Yeah. There was oh, yeah. one in Columbus. That was the other one I recognized. Nope. And that's a famous steakhouse. The, uh, so Buckley's has a 20-ounce Wild Wheels ribeye for $67. Well, that's pretty – That's pretty. they done stepped up the prices mm-hmm. at Buckley's now. Oh, you can just get the signature six-ounce filet for 49 just 49 yeah. That's That's – Back when I used to eat there, I didn't have that much money. They weren't that expensive. <laughs> I was thinking they were like 20 bucks. Yeah. I mean, how the long ago has that been? Yeah. Oh, that's been 30 years. <laughs> um, What's the, the one in Columbus called? I'm getting to it. Okay. The, the Big Texan Steak Ranch in Amarillo, Texas. Now, is that home of the Big Texan? Yeah. I know that place. I've been wanting to go there. Would you do the time. challenge? Yeah. Like, would you Heck set up no. on the stage and try to eat the old 76 or whatever it is? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You've got to eat, like, the potato, the salad, the shrimp cocktail, and the roll, uh, and the steak. No. And it's a beast of a steak, too. Would you? No, I couldn't do that. <laughs> I couldn't eat it. I like to enjoy myself too much. I love food challenges, so I feel like I would try it. I you don't think I would win. Yeah. yeah. I ate, like, an eight-and-a-half-pound burrito in Flagstaff, Arizona when I was, like, 14 years old i think dang it was crazy did you get it all down i did and so like one of the things that they do is they buy everybody a shot of tequila at the table when you win so it's like i didn't even get to enjoy that <laughs> 14 years old but my parents loved it because they got i think they each had like three shots of tequila <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i probably wouldn't finish that though that's huge that's insane did you feel sick afterwards? Oh, yeah. I, yeah, threw up for sure in the bathroom like 10 minutes later. Like, you feel like. See, it oh. ain't worth it, man. Yeah. There's no t shirt or oh, free was... meal that's worth it if you're just going to give it right back or to be miserable like that. Oh, I'm on a wall. I'm all for right? gluttony. Yeah, I'm, He's on, I'm wall. on a wall. So maybe, maybe it was, Tyler. If you're on, you made the wall. It's all for the wall. Yep. I'm that makes me wall. wonder. So, do you think these, like, the hot dog guy, what's his name? Joey Chestnut. Yeah. Do you think he just goes and just. Gives it all back. I don't know. I've always wondered that. Or does he just lay back and digest it? I mean, (laughs) this got to be like horrible for you. I've always wondered that. What? Where? Because they train themselves. They They obviously do. Yeah, Yeah. they train the purge or whatever. Yeah. Then that's got to be bad for you because that's like wrecking your esophagus. Oh yeah. Like you feel the food like right up to the brim. Like yeah, yeah. Yeah. that much. That's why, like, and it had been a while since I done since we've done it, but we did the hot dog eating contest, and I feel like I didn't do as well in that yeah. but i kind of like trained for this burrito thing a little bit like i was eating burritos like every couple of days <laughs> like trying to get them down there's like some local mexican joints i would just and so like i got this and when we got up there i finally i got it all down and it was like it was a smothered burrito too so i had like queso all over it and there was like fresh the little delicious. mexican jalapenos on top and stuff it was have really you ate good. a burrito since or is that like <laughs> done with burritos now? Like, it took oh, a while done with burritos but Diggy Brennan's in New Orleans got 16. I've ate there. Yeah. It's good. It's good. We've eaten there. Had a better steak at Emerald. <laughs> I'm uh, hard on these places. Oh, you got to be. They want to charge, you know. So there's an old Hickory Steakhouse in Columbus, Mississippi. That's the one I was talking about. Okay. Isn't that didn't one of your friends worked there in college? Isn't that that famous oh, restaurant? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, I mean, it's, it's well known. Oh, yeah. We would go there because at night it turned into like a hangout. They'd bring in a live band. Yeah. And, yeah. and you could bring your own bottle. But it was more of a swankier. Yeah. Maybe not like, swanky, but yeah. swanky for Columbus. But during the regular dinner hours it was. Yeah. Yeah. Those are my kind of steakhouses, though. The ones I do that- like the old feel, you know, that have been, they've got some tradition. They've been there a long time. It's not, you know. Well, Capitol Grill doesn't have that feel. It they has don't. that no. lush pop. No, but everything's just on point when I go to Capitol Grill. Oh. Like, I don't know if I've ever had a bad steak at Capitol Grill. Uh-huh. Corporations just run like a really tight ship. So mm-hmm. I yeah. think it just kind of depends, you know. Well, they have a seafood restaurant, too. I can't remember what it's. It, Eddie V's. Eddie V's. 
and it's just it's as high end. It's just as do, good yeah. as the Capitol Grill Steakhouse that I've been to. I mean, they are it, it's it's really really good. The one there was one in Fort Worth we went to, which I don't know if there's that many Capitol Grills. I mean, there might be. They're, they're hard to find. Yeah. Yeah. Have Have y'all ever tried Yard House? No. There's so their menu is more of like a seasonal type menu. So we're like they'll have steak on their menu every now and then. It just kind of depends. They'll change from month to month, but they'll like their steaks are really good too. And it's not like I wouldn't say it's super high end. Like you could eat there on a budget, I think, if you wanted to. But their steaks were really good. What? Where's uh, that? Where uh, it's a chain. So like they're okay. They're, they're owned by the same people that own Capital Grill, Darden. Okay. Also, okay. Yeah, I've never and been to Darden and. Yep. Oh, those are some of my favorite ones. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't see a yard house anywhere close. Yeah, like the one to, I went to, to us. in yeah. downtown San Diego, I think, or something okay. like that when I was there. But really, really good steak. So, Malcolm, what you got coming up? We recorded a brisket video at Smokehouse. I had the first guest. Mark came out and cooked with me. We did a brisket. Do you call for, Mark a guest? Uh, he's more of a regular. <laughs> <laughs> he's more of a regular, yeah. But me and him did kind of a brisket basic Video brisket, what we call it, brisket basics. Basics cooking brisket. Yeah, and it was just, it's not like a straight up recipe type YouTube video we're going for. We're going for me and him hanging out, cooking a brisket, and talking about all the elements, all the elements of, of yeah. cooking a brisket. Y'all talked about seasoning and trimming, and sourcing, and, and wine cooks, and, and wrapping it, yeah. and yeah, and all and all that. And it turned out really good. So I'm hoping the video turns out good. And we're probably going to try to get Mark on here when, when we release that video. Um, we'll get Mark on the podcast and we'll talk. We might try to do a podcast down at the smokehouse and just see what that feels like. Yeah. So we're, we're working on getting it set up. So you're also but going that's coming up. I've got, I'm going, Oh, we've got a, uh, TikTok live event. Um, you can sign up. I think you can, you sign up just for a reminder on our TikTok channels. Didn't you do that? Tyler? Yeah. So if you guys go to our profile on TikTok, you'll see at the very top, it'll say there's a live event scheduled for, it's next Thursday, yeah. not this week, but next week. Yeah, August the 9th, Is that right? I think the live is or the tenth. Tenth at 10th? one p.m. Central or no Eastern. Eastern. Yep. So one p.m. Eastern from Royal Oak headquarters in Roswell, Georgia. I think that's where they're at. Mm-hmm. But we're gonna be there doing some recipes and hanging out with the ninja. Uh, I don't know what Craig's the ninja. Here. The barbecue Say the barbecue ninja. ninja for people that don't know. <laughs> He's a karate man. <laughs> we'll be breaking boards. <laughs> Climbing walls and stuff. Throwing stars. It'll be worth your time It'll turning in. time watching that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but we're going to cook up some stuff live on TikTok. I've never done a live TikTok like that, so it should be fun. I think we're going to be answering some questions some kind of way. Either if Tyler can feed us the questions while we're doing it. I want you to do it like Emerald. You, do you remember Emerald's old show? Old show? Emerald Live? Yeah. <laughs> I remember Emerald Live. He had a live studio audience, though. There were like you will, too. There. Yeah, they're not going to be sitting there at a bar. like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. I could interact. Yeah, we could interact and take questions while I'm cooking. I've got a few things. I mean, it's not that long of a thing. How long so it's is It's not it? like I can cook. A, I think it's an hour. An hour. Oh, an hour. Yeah, so I'm limited everything that I can cook an hour. So I'm, I think I'm going to do some... Some kind of steak tacos and maybe some a dip or something or some sliders or something like that or something, you know, something, something that I can yeah. grill up or cook off uh, in about an hour or so. But it's going to be fun. You will have and a who lot. knows? Yeah. It might work out. We start doing some more of our own TikTok live stuff. Yeah. Or YouTube live. You could do either one, really. We've done We've some. Done a little YouTube live from in here in the podcast studio. We tried it at Memphis and May. It did yeah. not work out. <laughs> You gotta have a super stable internet connection for all that streaming stuff to work. So. Yep, that video did really well though, so I think a lot of people wanted to see it. So the thought was, but that's what I got coming up. We're gonna go shoot shoot a few uh, videos this week, I think. Yep. What you cooking this week? Um, I've been eyeing some of that. I found some slab bacon. Not my, just slab bacon. At, Pri- at Primo, the the Primos, the new little butcher shop here in town. Has Nooski's slab bacon in the counter, and he just like however thick you want it, he'll slice it for you. I'm just gonna go get a chunk of it, slice it up myself, and do something with it. And then uh, I don't know what else I want. I got a drink, the old golf cart, golf course special. <laughs> Purple drink is Mississippi, but it's also called a transfusion. 
I like it. I know. Why is it called transfusion? I guess it'll get you back right. It gets it's you kind back of like, right. Here's the hangover, or if you had a bad day on the golf course, it'll make you not feel that as much. But just you know, get your blood back right. <laughs> <laughs> so, what makes Newski's bacon so special? Do you know? Uh, I think it's like a spe- they, the, a their smoking end. process. Yeah, they yeah. they've been smoking bacon the same way in their smokehouses. Isn't it from like Virginia or something like that? Uh, Tennessee. Where's it say? It says, pull up their website? Yeah, it says the Applewood smoked bacon has been made by the Newski family since 1933. See, look there. So. Uh, I can't remember if it's it's a, it's in Appalachia somewhere. So when you buy it, it's going to be like unsliced? It's going to be like a slab of bacon or is That's, it going to be sliced? Or I'm probably going to buy it as a slab and slice it myself. Slice it yourself? Yeah, because I got an idea. I want to do something with some thick bacon. I mean, I, I'm not doing anything crazy. It's, you know. And you got to slice it yourself to get it thick, I yeah. guess, yeah. It's just hard to find slab bacon like oh, that. Oh, yeah. That's not sliced. I found, you know, Wright's had it there for a little while, and I did those bacon burn-ins with it. Oh, yeah. And it went crazy, and they quit selling it after that. You can't even find it in stores anymore, but I got it at Sam's. Yeah. And they used to, and I love Wright's bacon, but it would come in a pack, and it would be the full slab of it. You could do what you want with it. And I like that, so... So I'm going to use some of the new skis. Yeah. And that's, it's already cured. It's already everything. It's just. Yeah. Yeah. It's, oh, yeah it's, it's just not sliced. Go. It's just yeah. not sliced. I mean, he'll, they slice it for you at Primo's. If you go in there and just tell them you want a pound of bacon, they'll, you know, it's a, they'll slice it up right there. He's also got pork bellies. I tell you what, he had some Italian sauces that I tried last time. It was delicious. Oh, I thought you were going to cook that recipe. I, I'm going to. I just don't know if I'm going to do it this week. Okay. I may, I may do that too because I had another one I wanted to do with the some patty milk, but I don't know. I, you got a lot of ideas. I got a lot of ideas. <laughs> a lot of ideas. Well, Malcolm, that's all I have for you today. Well, Tyler, do we have anything going on community or anything right now? Uh, no, but if you guys were going to be having a Labor Day giveaway real soon, so make sure you guys join the Let's Get to Cooking community. If you go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash H2Q community, you can join an awesome group of like-minded pitmasters and honestly just backyard cooks like to share the recipes, ask questions, etc. Uh, if you want to check out all Malcolm's latest recipes, make sure you guys head on over to howtobbqwrite.com and check them out. Awesome. Well, hey, it's been fun hanging out today, and we will be back next week to do it all again. Y'all fire them up this weekend. We gone.